How many all-nighters do you think we pulled freshman year? Be honest. I'd say probably over over 50. I would say definitely over 50. <laughs> you, I feel like we – do you remember that finals week where we just, like, decided to just, like, not sleep? Yeah, we literally just – I think we had over 2,000 kills before and it just that week. What was, oh, dude, you remember that duos thing we did? Like the duos uh, rank. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we had no right. We're we the highest, that. highest on our uh, on our floor. Yeah, and we we were nowhere near the best. And we we were so dubbing games, bro. We were going crazy that night. You were carrying though. I can't lie. <laughs> I can't lie. Dude, that nothing beats when you used to break out the supreme mask and the supreme arm sleeve though. That's that's when I went demon time. That's when you know I was going. I was going crunch time. I was getting four kills. Did someone uh, did someone take the take the uh wrist or the uh, arm sleeve? Yeah, I gave it a I gave it to actually Jack Casal uh during men's league after they beat us in the quarterfinals and <laughs> never got it back. Never got it back. So Jack, do you see this? I love that supreme sleeve back. D two basketball player though. That's fast. You went down crazy. to Florida Southern, I think. Yeah, that's a good conference. That's a really good conference. So uh. Welcome to Raging at Sports here. We have an interview that we've mentioned a couple times on the podcast here. Uh, as you know, we did our interview with Will uh, and things kind of took off. And now about 80% of our viewer base is all college baseball players. So we said we were going to do a Division Two baseball player uh, as we already did Division Three with our, our own, very own Matt Poff. Uh, George Welch, pitcher, uh, very good friend of the podcast, literally slept on this kid's couch every <laughs> single night, second semester freshman year. Absolutely. Uh, we've had some fantastic nights together, but we will uh, save that for the once you're out of uh, college baseball yeah. interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, George, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I appreciate it. So uh, as you can see, uh, George, you're you're in your locker room. You guys are preparing for your trip tomorrow. Uh, what's yep. going on with that? Uh, well, we're leaving at 5:45. Uh, going down to Boston. We're flying out to Colorado Mesa. Um, we don't. We usually don't really face this competition. Um, we went to the Natties last year, and that was the first time we saw like legit competition, legit arms, and. Uh, we didn't really, we weren't prepared for that. So facing Colorado Mesa, they're, I think, uh, they're 10th in the country. So that's going to be really good for us. And uh, if we win that, then we can definitely prove ourselves. So tell me kind of a little bit about this trip that you guys are taking. Are you guys only playing one team out there? Uh, yeah, we're just playing Colorado for um, just this trip. And then next trip we'll be playing Myrtle. We'll be playing four different teams. Okay, nice. So, is this a is this gonna be kicking off your season or is this kind of a preseason? Yeah, no, this is kicking off our season. We haven't had a preseason. We're just going straight into it. Oh wow! All right, that's a little wake up call. Yeah, no, uh, all of our practices have been on the turf outside or indoors in our gym right now because the dome up here costs too much in hooks at. So we've just been D two grinding it out. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, I'll definitely be uh, keeping track of that. And uh, how how are you guys uh, feeling going into it? I, it's surprised. So you guys are going to Colorado. Yeah, they got good ball out there. Really good, really good. Uh, they're actually playing in the minor league Grand Junction Stadium. 
as their home field. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Um, Colorado Mesa is the only really ball I've heard about there. Um, but obviously, um, they're 10th in the country. They've wow. gone to Natties. I don't know if I, I don't know if they've won a national championship, but I could be wrong. Because they're, they're always contenders every year. Where are their players from? Are they getting them from Colorado or are they kind of recruiting from down south? I honestly have no clue. Um, the only kid I know of is Hayden McGeary. I no, I think he's from out there actually, but he he was in the Golden Spikes finalists, like not finalists overall, but like he was in the Golden Spikes uh, awards like talks for the whole year. He, I think he bat he batted over four hundred um, last year. I think he batted over four hundred three out of the four years he was there. Last year I think he had thirty five jacks. Whoa! Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Oh wow! Drafted, I think by the Cubs. Oh, so he he's gonna. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to send me his name after this. We're gonna have to check yeah, this no, out for sure. That's uh. That's wild. Um. Do you, so. What what position is he? Uh, I think he's a DH catcher. Oh he's man! Like six, he's like six four though. He's he's huge. <laughs> Is uh, do, have you guys gotten like a scouting report on him, or you guys uh, want to pitch to this guy? Oh, he, he thankfully he's gone. Thankfully he's gone. But I, I mean, he, I think he led the country in walks too. Because I mean, like nobody wanted to throw to him. Like usually, usually a hitter, especially in D two, they'll have they'll have a few more like things you can do to get them out. Like even the the better ones in the country, like. They, you may not strike them out, but they may roll over or something with him. Like, I mean, his stats say it all. He's he was disgusting. I mean, if you hit four hundred, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous itself. Never mind thirty five bombs with that. I gotta get a. I gotta. You gotta text me this guy's name. I want to see what his like uh, his OPS was and stuff. You want me to do that right now? Yeah, actually, yeah, pull it up. I'm gonna say with okay. So with thirty five bombs. And how many times he got walked? I'm gonna guess he he might have cracked over a thousand. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He this is him right here, six five two thirty five. Oh my god! He batted. Where is this? Last year, twenty twenty two, he batted four eighty one. <laughs> hundred and three hits in one season. How many games? Uh. He had 214 at bats and had 103 hits. That's absurd. He almost hit 500. Yeah, 35 home runs, 79 ribbies, 1.061 slugging percentage, and his wall. He had 43 walks last year. Dude, what? What's his OPS? Uh, I don't think it says it on there. But it's just on base it's slugging. His on-base percentage is 579. So he had like a 1600 OPS. Yeah, like he had a he had a 60 percent chance to get on base every every time. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm definitely like I would have loved to face him for sure. Like that's you want to face the best competition. But yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea with that altitude out there. Like, oh that! Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, good for him. So you said yeah. he's in the Cubs org now? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, I, I 
think that's where I heard he went. Surprised he was even playing uh, D2. Oh, yeah. He definitely, like, in a situation like that, like, if you're getting a lot of looks and you love it at that place, there's no need to change what you're changing because, I mean, making a decision where you go to, like, I'm guessing if, if he entered the portal, he, he could have went to Power 5 schools for sure. But he could maybe, like, that change, something could have happened, could have messed with him mentally, and that could have changed everything. So, I mean, he was really comfortable there. He did his thing every single year. So he got what he wanted. He got drafted out of there. So uh, we'll get into kind of your recruiting um, story and timeline a little bit during this episode. But I do want to start off with kind of your high school experience uh, going to – I think Pickerton's got to be the largest in New Hampshire, right? I believe so. Okay. So I think you guys are bigger than Exeter. Is that the only other yeah. big one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe one mm-hmm. of the Manchester schools, possibly. I think it's still Pinkerton, though. I think it is Pinkerton for because sure. Because you guys get the private public mm-hmm. thing. So you went to one of the biggest schools. Um, we'll say the biggest for the sake of this, and if I'm wrong, someone just let us know. Um you went to the biggest school in New Hampshire, uh, obviously played baseball. Uh, what other sports did you play there? I just played baseball. Uh, once middle, after middle school, like I wasn't really, I loved basketball. I loved playing it, but I mean, I wasn't, that wasn't my thing. I just, I knew if I wanted to succeed at in high school for a sport, I would really have to narrow down to one. So I felt like baseball was my best sport. So I stuck with that. When did you make a varsity appearance? Um, my junior year, I was throwing in preseason, and I tore a ligament in my other side of my arm, my flexor. I tore that. Um, there's not really a surgery for that. You just kind of have to do PT with that. Um, so I never really got – I never got to throw. I threw, I think, three, four innings my junior year in preseason, and then – didn't pitch the whole year until summer, but um, I pitched my senior year. I'd say like that's really when I actually threw the whole season. Wow! Yeah. So were you were you on JV those first two years? Yeah, no, I was on freshman my first year because I wasn't really I didn't pitch my freshman year. So I remember um, my sophomore year, we actually played your guys as um, uh, freshman team. Mm-hmm. Our JV team played your freshman team. We got yes. waxed. I mean, you guys were you guys were D one. We weren't obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, I remember um, play with uh, or I played with before high school Matt Albetsky, and mm-hmm. he was on the mound for that game. So I remember yeah. him, and he I mean he pitched a gem against us. He he was yeah. really he was solid. Really, he was really good in high school. Did um, he end up going anywhere? He went to Plum State. I believe he had. He just continued to stick with like arm problems. Uh, just yeah. like never sucks, but uh, yeah, he was our he was our closer my um my senior year for us the whole year. Was he a junior then or a sophomore? Yeah, he was a junior. junior? Actually, not nah, he was a, he, I think he was our closer my sophomore year too, or my junior year too. So okay. he was a sophomore and junior. So, how was that baseball experience? Um, we we've kind of spoke to Will about a lot of these. You know, New Hampshire's kind of getting on this baseball map a little bit. Um. Have you gotten to play against any of these Grant Levine, Sal Freelich, Cody Morset, any of these guys? Yeah, um, I never got to play Sal Freelich. That would have been cool. But um, 
Grant Levine. I played him since I was literally in Little League. Um, that's when I realized who Grant Levine was. He took me deep at O'Hara Park in there, and that was definitely still hasn't landed. Um, I never, I never faced him in high school. Actually, he was he was supposed to the last inning. I think he was a batter or two away, and uh, Bedford was undefeated then, and we were up by one. And I definitely, obviously, didn't want to see him because. If I saw him, that meant people were on base, so I wasn't giving him the chance to end that game. But, um, yeah, I played against him my whole life. Uh, Cody Moore said I didn't play until high school, but um, he was he was very good. Um, his senior year, he didn't pitch, because um, I think BC, but he was if he pitched, he would have been the best pitcher in the state. Um, oh, so he was a two-way. Yeah, he was a, he was a true two-way for sure. Um, but once he went to BC, I believe he just made the decision to – just play infield, uh, but obviously he got drafted by the Marlins last year, and I think the second round or the year before that, the second round. I'm pretty sure he's down in spring training this year. Yeah, uh, Ben Malgiri also from Exeter. I forgot that, about that, him too. Yeah, that Exeter team was juiced. I think I part like Bedford was. They had Grant Levine, um, Pat Harrington, Jeff Moss, yeah, Trevor Ball. but Exeter had Tom Paul Hemis went to West Point. Ben Malgiri. I remember him. Ben Malgiri was um, – I forget where he was going. He went to North – he ended up going to Northeastern, and then he popped off there and just got drafted by the Tigers. Um, yeah, Cody, um, Bobby Cleish. Bobby Cleish went to UMaine out of high school. Sean Lavery came actually to Snow, but they had Garrett Richards, UMass Well, Their whole their whole lineup was D1. They had Kyle Ball from Stetson. That team was – they're disgusting. Yeah, no, I, I remember, um, I mean, obviously being in such close proximity because I'm 20 minutes away from Exeter and yeah. a lot of Exeter kids went to St. Mm-hmm. Thomas. I remember hearing a lot of, about these guys when they were in high school. And, I mean, that must have just been – that was probably a ridiculous roster. Yeah, no, it was – obviously you don't want to pitch against that in general, especially when you're in high school too. So what would you say uh, while we're kind of on the high school topic, what are your thoughts kind of – you know, when you think about baseball, obviously you have the Floridas, you have what, Texas, the Carolinas. Uh, where would you kind of put New Hampshire up there? Because we've really been put on the map. I feel like uh, I wouldn't say he started it, but it started with my freshman year of high school with Ryan McKenna. And then after that, it seemed like we were getting three or four guys mm-hmm. every single year right out of high school. So what do you yeah, think no. about kind of New Hampshire high school ball? Uh, definitely, like, the first person I heard of was Ryan McKenna. Obviously, there was probably a couple of people before him, but he definitely put New Hampshire on the map. Um, not a lot of people get drafted out of high school from New Hampshire, or at least, like, that go to high school in New Hampshire. But um, there's a lot of bigger commits now, like Liam Doyle from Coastal Carolina, Joe Allen, Michigan. I think he actually just transferred to Clemson. Was he a Winniconic kid? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but like you just you're seeing all these bigger commits, and I I, th- I think New Hampshire. I don't I don't really know where to put them with a number, but they're definitely they're definitely getting up there. Obviously, Texas, Cali, Florida, all those schools like or states like. There's definitely more too, but I mean, I definitely think we're top twenty states, maybe top fifteen. What is it about the New Hampshire baseball system? Is it our Little League? Is it our, um, you know, like the teams like Seacoast United, anything like that? What do you think it is? 
that's benefiting us. Yeah, that's that's kind of helping us get all these, you know, these prospects because, you know, that's not that's not easy. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely feel like all these AAU programs around here, I personally didn't really do AAU until my senior year. But these AAU programs with all the pitching coaches and stuff, if you find that right one, they just start developing. And then, like, um, I think it's it's Evo something in Exeter. Um, they've been producing all these arms from New Hampshire, really. Um, I know Antonelli is a really good one, too. New Hampshire Prospects has been starting to produce a lot of people as well. Um, it's just really once you find that – true person that can give you all those benefits and show you how to do the proper routines and fix your mechanics then that's what's been getting these people there's a lot more developed coaches now i feel up in new hampshire in the new england area which has been helping us a lot and um i feel like that's how the connections have been made to get them to those big schools and reach out because like when there's a school like like limbo coastal carolina um it's all the way down to Myrtle Beach. They're not really the first place. They're not really we're thinking about looking was New Hampshire. Like you think of really down south and out west, but um, like New Hampshire's just been starting to get on the map. And I mean, Liam Doyle was pitcher of the year. He put on a clinic in high school, like literally video game numbers last year. So he got to really choose where he wanted to go. So he set himself up for that. But uh, no, New Hampshire, New Hampshire coaching and training facilities have all became a lot better. Do you think having the Red Sox, you know, 45 minutes away and then also having the, you know, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, do you think these are all benefits to, you know, the, the, the program or the, uh, the state, I guess, as I definitely, baseball, baseball goes? Yeah, because those, those places right there, they attract attention. Um, you can make showcases there and, uh, like the PBR events, um, all those events, those will be at Boston and stuff. And that's when you really truly find those guys. And if you didn't have a place like that to attract these people to want to go there, then you're not really going to get, find those guys in a big event like that. Who's going to, who's going to not want to go to fish cat stadium or Fenway park to hit baseballs and field in front of college coaches. I just feel like that's a really big benefit for us. Um, it could it, like college scouting that definitely brings attention over here um pro scouting there's definitely it's definitely up for sure but um not really much new hampshire scouting with like it's usually if they're gonna scout from you it's usually really the new england area itself but not really much new hampshire so last one kind of on this high school baseball topic or really just like youth prospect baseball uh where would you would you put new hampshire ahead of mass at this point or what would you say about that? I'm definitely going to be biased. I'm going to say, yeah, but um, you do have your Thomas Whites. Your last year, Ray Velasquez, Kyle Wolf, I got to play with them. They were in summer ball as freshmen. They were really good. Um, obviously, Thomas White's going to get drafted in the first round this year, but I feel like New Hampshire baseball as a whole, it's just been getting a lot better. And I mean, when I was in high school, I would say that New Hampshire for sure could have probably taken that with the team that we made like we played the new hampshire versus maine all-star game um i i was lucky enough to be on that team i played with we didn't even have grant levine that day because he already got drafted so we couldn't play in, in the first round but um we beat i'm pretty sure we beat maine like 23 to i, I mean maybe i think we gave up one run 
think it was 23 that's wild and it was just like i the competition from new hampshire is a lot different but like they're obviously you still get your guys up there but as a whole when i was there that was a lot different but mass would definitely give us a bigger run i just think it would be them. it's really awesome to kind of see the new hampshire kind of like you know obviously you and i are both you know, I was born in New York, but I was raised in New Hampshire. And, you know, we, we really want to see the state do well. I mean, you're, yeah. st- you're still in New Hampshire. I, I I love New Hampshire, man. This is the best state, best state in the country, best place on earth. But it's really awesome to see all these sports doing much better. Uh, UNH Hockey has a bunch of New Hampshire hockey kids mm-hmm. on it now, and that's kind of – that's been unheard of for years because none yeah. of these kids could go anywhere. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really awesome. Now, I think they have like three or four – from and one of them's from Exeter, so you yeah. know that's that's Division One hockey, which is the hardest Division One mm-hmm. sport to play. Yeah, for so sure. you know it's really awesome to see New Hampshire kind of being put on the map here. I guess yeah. with UNH too. Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked at their basketball, but I know their football team had a really good year this year for themselves. And yeah, they made it back to the playoff. Yeah, and then soccer. I think soccer was deep in the playoffs. I, 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 they might have went to the Natties. I don't know. But I know that they're really good every year too. What uh do you think that UNH should kind of explore getting a baseball program back? Um at this point I would say no because that would take away from Snow. Uh but no, they I feel like it's too late. That they definitely should have. I mean, everybody from here and everybody that like is from New Hampshire, the first thing that happens when they don't get what they want from the college that they go to, like, all the way down south or, like, I mean, anywhere. They want to, like, go back home because that's what makes them feel more comfortable. UNH could if – if UNH was a D1 and people still want to be at the D1 level, I feel like UNH would be, like, a good team. I'm not saying college World Series at all, but they would be a decent team. I mean, imagine if you could literally just pull recruits from, like, <laughs> like just – having all those kids and instead of them having to go to UMass or Northeastern and, you know, what B B C all yeah. those schools, imagine they just stuck around and just like, that would be, I mean, that yeah. team would be absurd. That'd be sick. Um, definitely not taking any recruits from BC or Northeastern, but um, just the, just the thought of the area, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I get, I get what you're saying. That'd be that. I mean, that'd be sick. So let's uh let's kind of get into your collegiate experience here. Um, so you did two years at St. Joe's, transferred over to SNU. Let's kind of talk a little bit. We're gonna backtrack and we're gonna talk about your recruiting. Um, and your kind of your recruiting experience. We had Will get into a lot of it, uh, when he was on with us, but he was also getting recruited for three different sports. Yeah. So it's pretty <laughs> easy for you. Um. What what was kind of your – so you started off with St. Joe's. Why would you go with St. Joe's? Kind of walk me through your recruiting process when you started getting looks, the conversations you had, et cetera. Um, so like I was telling you earlier, I didn't really have a junior year because I tore my flexor. So with being a spring sport, your junior year is your like final year of recruiting. And I got hurt and I didn't really blossom early enough, so I didn't really have a lot of looks. Um, so in my fall of my senior year is really when I had to 
start dialing in and start reaching out, reaching out to colleges because um, I just didn't really have any looks. I didn't recover in, in time for the summer either, so I couldn't play any summer AAU, summer baseball. Um, so the first school I really reached out to was St. Joe's. I reached out to USM. I reached out to here too, but at the time I was I was only like 80, 82, so I, I wasn't good enough to come here yet. Um, but St. Joe's came and watched me. They reached, they responded to me and reached out to me. Um, they ended up coming to watch me in a fall game and, um, I threw really well. I don't really remember how, what I did, but I, I remember I threw really well in front of them and I actually hit in front of them too. So at first he was looking at me for both, but I ended up only going there for pitching. What but, position were you in the field? Uh, one bat. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, no, but I really, I kind of just jumped right away. Um, I was excited. I went and visited the school. Um, I really liked the, the baseball field there. I liked the view over the lake and stuff. And um, I knew a couple guys that went there already, and they said they liked it. So um, I thought it was going to be a great fit for me. And that's what made me really decide there. So kind of going into it, I spoke to Poff a little bit, but obviously the team your freshman year was stacked juice yeah. to the gills with talent yes um kind of what was it like coming in knowing that you know you got joey jared um greg and then you know some of the pitchers like grayson yeah. uh marcia all those guys mm-hmm. uh what was that kind of like kind of your fall ball experience um my fall ball experience was actually really good there um joey murphy was really my my role model when I first came there, since he went to Pinkerton as well, um, he made me like really fit in well with all the guys right away. So I was really comfortable. Um, but just right away, I knew like people say D3 and stuff, but I, like, like I played the D1 New Hampshire level baseball for high school. And like we were just talking about Grant and Cody and all of them, they were there. Um, this competition was still good. It wasn't Grant, Cody, but it was still better than. I'd say probably 70% of the New Hampshire high school baseball teams. So, I mean, especially my team, my team, like you were just mentioning, they, we led the nation in stolen bases with Joey and Jared. They had, I think one of them had over 40, the other had like 35 or something like that. That's wild. Greg, Greg Manuelson uh, walked it off in the GNAC. Um, he had bombs. He was great all around. We were just everywhere. Grayson Jennings. Great arm, Marsha, dog, and then Zach B and my actual TJ partner. Um, he was a lights out at St. Joe's as well. Yeah, he had that. Uh, he had that game in the what the semifinals. Yeah, that was just hundred and forty pitches or some shit. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. Unheard of, really. <laughs> but um, no, he had me literally warming up from the fifth inning because he would walk the first guy and then roll a double play and punch out the next guy. So I was from the fifth inning to the ninth inning. There was, we all started realizing like Vegan was just going to go out there. He was going to walk or give up a single, the first guy. And then he'd either punch out two and get a ground out or he'd roll a double play and then punch something out. But so, uh, from real quick, <clears throat> do you mind if I get into, uh, my first, uh, experience with you? Yeah. So, I mean, you were, you were, you were like, you couldn't miss they could no one could miss you you know what i mean like you had the patrick mahomes mullet going on yeah you you know 
big body in a good way. Big body. Yes. Yeah. So. We're going down to the uh, – I I switched into St. Joe's. I never did freshman orientation or anything like that. And we go down to the lake like the first day on campus, right? It must have been. Yeah. And um, I just got this operation on my finger, so I couldn't go in the lake just because, like, I couldn't get, like, anything in it. So I'm just sitting on the shore, and all the baseball guys come down, and they, they go out to, like, this dock that's, like, probably, what, 40 feet away from the uh, – the shore. It was deep. So <laughs> there's like these these girls that are paddle boarding on Sebago. <laughs> all these guys are like, yo, like someone get their number. And George is like, oh, I'm in. And you you've told me this before. You had no idea how far out it was. I mean, you must have swam like half a mile, like at least. I first off. Completely forget that, but um, I remember that. <laughs> but um, no, I started swimming, and it felt like it was a lot closer. And really, once I got there and then turned around, is when I recognized like I'm in for a long haul back too. You almost and, had to, uh, almost had to ask for a ride back. I know. I almost needed cold and get on lifeguard duty on on my uh, on the dock. I almost needed them. <laughs> That uh, I I almost think I I kind of remember this. I'm pretty sure you shouted something out too. You're like, "Hey!" Like, and then you jumped in, and they had to wait like five minutes for you to get there. I'm pat. I was paddling my ass off too, like not making any, not making it anywhere through the fucking waves. So yeah, that that happened and I'm just sitting on the shore just witnessing all of that and I mean that was hilarious and I was just like oh my god like this kid is funny and then next thing I know I'm in my dorm and I just see this kid walking around and doing whatever and it happened to be George I mean god knows what what you were doing back then but man yeah. that was that was how that was my first like George memory and then obviously the rest is history. Yeah, but the rest is history. Yeah. Oh too my many god. Snapchat memories. Yeah. Oh, too many. Too many. Uh, that was that was what I was talking with Poff when we interviewed him. Like some of these snap memories come up. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I literally, I literally just like laugh. I'll be. There was actually one. I think it was the first year I was actually transferring in here. I knew nobody yet except for like really my roommates and the baseball team, and I was in class just starting to meet people too and i looked at a memory from i think it was the first weekend and it was something with you cole and cole's like cole would always make that fish face oh my god i remember I that. literally, <laughs> I literally like out loud bursted out laughing in class. Like, one of the, it was i don't think it was my first class ever but it was during orientation week here and i was i was like some of the yeah, some of the stuff that comes up, I'm like, oh my god! Like, and they're all like time tagged too, so it's yeah. like four thirty in the morning, and it's just like you like acted like you're the Undertaker. Oh, I I got the one of you uh, hitting the Stone Cold Stunner on Berg the other day. That was hilarious, right oh in the hallway. God. I dislocated my shoulder on that one. <laughs> Never, again. Never again. All the all the times we just ice you. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so St. Joe's, uh, that first year you guys had that magical run, uh, kind of tell me, you know, I kind of was able to watch that, which was really, really cool. 
was I was only friends with baseball kids for some reason. Yeah. Like everyone, I'm, all my friends were on the baseball team and you know, the Saturdays and Sundays during in season sucked. Cause I'd wake up and no one's there. It was just Steve and I and Cole yeah. and then everyone else is just gone. But, um, tell me about that magical run and kind of your experience on getting on varsity. Um, well, first off, I appreciate your support throughout those three of years. Anytime you, see, anytime you see a video through that, uh, that media broadcast, you always see you just chilling right there with us. <laughs> but, um, no, that was I like I was like we were saying. I knew right, I knew right away this team, uh, my freshman year at St. Joe's was going to be special. But um, Suffolk was the top dog at that point, preseason polls because the year before, and they were just they've just been dominant. Um, but we were really like offensively. We started out. I think we started out thirteen and zero in Florida, and we were playing like not ranked teams, but like they were good teams in. Um, Florida and um, actually my coach at the time he said that if we went 10 and 0 down there then he would keep a mustache and he never had facial hair so we ended up going 10 and 0 and he got that mustache and then I'm pretty sure UMass Boston broke our streak but um, throughout the season we just got stronger and stronger Um, we really dominated our conference there's definitely I thought that conference really wasn't fully strong it was really um just like three teams four yeah, teams you guys jay woo suffolk and i'd say LaSalle. i'd say LaSalle, LaSalle was a pretty pretty good team um but when when we played all those teams we kind of like marched through them i think suffolk took one game from us and jay woo took a game but actually jay woo, jay woo took both games against us that was really our turning point in the season actually uh we went there we thought we were like really good, which we were, but we were over our feet and um, they gave us a real big reality check. And um, after that, I think we all like locked in together and we had that jungle or we had that tiger, that stuff, tiger, that. tiger. That was our like motto over the year. But um, no, um, once we got into playoffs, we were, I think we, played Jaywoo at our field. We beat them. And then we played Suffolk, and that's when Zach Began shoved down at Fraser Field. And then we ha- Jaywoo had to beat us twice. Um, they killed us the first game, which was – we obviously knew it was going to be a good game, but like we weren't expecting to lose by 12 runs. So um, Grayson Jennings was the starter for the last game, and he was only on like, four days rest. So we were like nervous about that for sure, but um, he was a senior. He wanted that last ring. He wanted to go out the bang, and we all believed in him. He went uh, five innings, and then um, actually my favorite picture from St. Joe's is Grayson hugging me on the mound. He handed the ball to me, and he was he was one of my boys at St. Joe's too. Um, he handed the ball to me my freshman year, and I was I didn't really play a lot because I partially tore my UCL my freshman year, had to do PT. So I really only came back for the playoffs at first. Um, obviously it sounds like I have so many arm problems. I'm really, my arm's healthy now, but um, yeah, no, he handed me that ball. And um, I remember I tipped my first pitch. I, the guy from second base knew that a slider first pitch was coming, hit a single. So now bases were loaded. 
So we switched up our signs. And I remember, I think I faced like nine batters and I, I punched out like seven. I ended up walking like the last two. I was, I was gassed. But I remember like I wanted that game literally because how, how great that senior class was. Those were, that was, those were my older brothers and I, they really took me in. That was my freshman year was by far my favorite year at St. Joe's. Um, and we just, we were up by one. And then um, Marsha, who was usually lights out for us every single time, um, he kind of, he, he got a little nervous, got, gave up a few hits. They took the lead and um, we were down by two. And Ronan Chisholm, one of our Ronan. boys as well, one of our boys as well, there's two outs. I think it was a one, three, two. Th- three, two. It was three, two count. Bases were loaded, correct? Um, no, I don't think the bases were loaded, but it was, was like, it second and third. Yeah. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, second and third. And he hit a single right through uh third and short missile and it brought in two runs. And then we went into what was it like three extra innings or four? Two or like th- two or three. Yeah. yeah. I think something yeah. like that. Jake Sickle, who was also one of our friends. Um, he literally, played on JV for half the season because he transferred in and coaches really didn't give him a shot. Um, but they just handed him the ball, his second appearance, but his second appearance was in the game two championship game. We're down by one. Like, you got to figure it out. You have to throw strikes. And he literally went bulldog mode and went three innings, maybe four innings. And he just, he held on for us. And finally our offense got a guy to second base, Greg Emanuelson hit, one of the deepest balls that's ever stayed in the park I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was a towering. Man, I'll, I'll send you that video too. But um, it was it was crushed, and we ended up that that was a walk off. We ended up winning right there, and then um, we unfortunately ended up we took one game against Baruch in the regionals. Um, we killed them, but we just we couldn't beat Wheaton. They just they were so fundamentally sound and they just didn't make mistakes. And um, one of my best friends actually who plays for Snoo with us went to Wheaton and he's he's a dog for us here too. But he pitched against us at St. Joe's and he shut us down. We couldn't we couldn't hit him. So that uh that experience, um I mean I even remember from from the outside, like obviously you guys would drag me to the baseball suite and stuff and you know, you guys were a really fun team. That was a very tight knit group, and that was really awesome to watch. You know, it it was it was cool. I'd say when you know the soccer team and field hockey team won that year too, just because like the people on our floor yeah. and stuff. But yeah. I think the baseball one really hit different. Yeah, no, obviously, like we were friends with all those teams that won, and that was awesome to see them win too. But you were obviously literally one of us. You were always with us. You were always partying with us, doing our thing. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a lot more than just baseball with my first-year team. Like, that re- that team really made me realize don't take don't take the years you have left for baseball for granted because it just it can be done like that. And seeing, seeing that season come to an end with all those friends and realizing, like, they're, I have more years of college left and they, they're going into the real world. I knew that we weren't going to be really able to see each other much, but um, we've been able to see each other a little bit. But um, no, that definitely made me realize to not take baseball and 
every single day makes me work hard, makes me like want to get better and just like having a bad day, you don't you don't take it out. Like once you get to baseball, you still work your ass off. Um, that season really made me recognize that and take baseball a lot more seriously. That's awesome. I you know, it's it's really good to kind of pull lessons from even winning. Yeah. Which is it's tough because everyone wants to win and you know, when you win you think you're perfect, but nobody's perfect in the game, so you know, that's really awesome. My uh real quick, my 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 two favorite memories of that that senior class was with Joey and Jared. Jared's from the Dover area. Yeah. So a lot of people know him. Uh a lot of my friends, I think he has a brother. Two. Two yeah, so a lot of my friends know his brother. Um but this is like three weeks into freshman year and we're we're up in uh Sweden and uh he uh Joey came out of his room or no it was it was Jared and uh he was like someone touched my touch my sheets and uh, he was yelling at Joey and he's like did you mess with my bed and I walked out of the bathroom as this was happening and uh Jared like put both of his arms on my shoulder and I mean he's short guy but you know strong jacked jacked yeah, and uh, he's like, "Did you touch my bed? I don't know who you are. Did you touch my bed?" I'm like, "No, I didn't touch your bed. What are you talking about?" And uh, you know, he's like, "All right, like if I see you see you messing around my room, like you're dead." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. And then like a couple weeks later, uh, I ended up getting like you guys all went into the the party, and I got shut out with a bunch of randoms, and I was just standing there, and I was like, "Oh no." Like, this is going to be a pain. And then uh, I heard Joey go, it's like, no, that's that Aiden kid. And he literally opened the door, grabbed yeah. me, and just pulled me in. It was, yeah. you know, those guys yeah. were awesome. To yeah. They give, you, they give you VIP. Yeah, they just not even VIP. being on the baseball team. Yeah. Like, that was such an awesome team. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of touched on it already, but you had that partial UCL tear. Um, so if anybody doesn't know this, you had Tommy John surgery or going into your sophomore year yeah uh over the summer correct going mm -hmm. into sophomore so kind of tell me i remember you coming back from practice and being like hey i messed up my elbow um kind of tell me about that and then let's get into your tommy john a little bit yeah so um yeah like Aiden said um i came back from practice i think it was like one of the i think it was after my fifth outing in the fall and i like my arm really didn't feel right and my velo was coming down from where it was in the past. And I thought it was just like from pitching all summer, or all high school, but I just like really felt like a sharp pain in my elbow. So um, I went and got it checked out. They just said it was uh, tendonitis, but um, I, re I really felt like it was more than that. So I went to um, Ryan Brown, who is the minor neuro PT guy, and he checked it out and he said that I needed to go get a, um, go get a, um, on the x-ray. Oh. Sorry. I thought you were still going there. My bad. Um, so you got, you got the x-ray and, or did you get an MRI or an x-ray? MRI, my bad, MRI. my bad. So you got the MRI partially torn. Um, so did you go to, uh, so you, you pitched that season with the partially yeah. torn. Um, how did the rehab help kind of, what was the mindset? Did you know it was going to tear fully? Like, is there any repair process you could have with that? Um, I kind of knew at, at one point I was going to need Tommy John. 
I did think with how long I did PT and how strong my elbow felt again, I really thought that it was going to last a lot longer. Um, I pitched all, I pitched all through um, St. Joe's season, uh, no pain at all. My arm felt really good. I pitched in the summer and my velo was going up. Like when I came back for St. Joe's, I was probably like 87, 86, 87. Um, but over the summer, that summer I pitched for Nashua and instantly I was like 90, 88, 93, like ball was just coming out of my hand and I felt really good. And then um, I became a closure that summer and I threw one, one game and my arm just like felt really sore after and it had, it never felt sore again, but I was like, oh, like it's probably just like sore, like no big deal. I just haven't had soreness in a while. So I'm just like overreacting. Um, but literally the next day we needed me to close again. And I felt like I felt something right here in my shoulder, not even my elbow, but my elbow like was just really tight, but I felt my pain right here. Um, and my, we had a pocket radar in the bullpen and uh, my velo was still okay. So I was like, all right, like, I'm fine. I'm just still in my head and got through warm up pitches on the mound once I got called in. And I, I'm pretty sure it was, it was my second pitch I threw. I just felt like from like right here all the way to right here, just like numb up and catch on fire. And I just, I've never felt the pain like that. Um, and that's, I knew right away. I knew right away that it was fully torn. Did you, did you get taken out of the game at that point? Um, I actually, there was two outs when I came in the game. So I just needed to get one batter out and I threw I, I couldn't throw. I kept spiking my heater. So I was like, well, the first two. Um, and then I threw one more slider after that, which obviously that's terrible for your arm. But I already knew that it was torn at that point. And it was literally a middle, middle slider, probably 70 miles an hour. And he just rolled over to first base. And I instantly just, once I got into the dugout, I just slammed my glove and uh, went right into the trainer at uh, the Brockton Rock Stadium. And they just told me right there that it was torn. So, Began, so you kind of had more of a gradual, um, and obviously Began, it's a different story, but Began yeah. had more of like a, he threw a pitch and came out, right? Yeah, it was actually the first, it was in warm-ups of the first game in Summer Ball after yeah. he threw 140 pitches. So that was, that was right there. It was 140 pitches right there. That's exactly what did it on. Obviously, he threw a ton of innings for us, but. Yeah, that was, that was the end. Yeah, you know can't can't be doing that um so you get a you went to a really good surgeon right you went to a guy who's done mlb tommy johns yeah so who who was that again uh dr dr luco in um boston and foxborough is that okay so fox boston fox there's a uh, brigham women's something okay it's outside of gillette stadium okay so Tell me about kind of the surgery process. Um, we'll get into kind of the next steps, you know, after you tore it. Um, so right away, I went down there. They gave me an MRI, even though they already knew it was torn, just to just to see, like, how, how bad it was. Because um, there can obviously be other ligament and structural damage around it. Um, but uh, they did the MRI. They put the dye inside my elbow, so I was torn. Um, they said, you can, you have two options. Um, there was a repair surgery 
which was an eight month recovery. And I don't, I don't fully remember what it was, um, but it was, it wasn't the same as uh, TJ, but it was an eight month recovery and the success rate on that was a lot lower. So um, I instantly, me and my, me and my dad, like instantly and my mom just canceled that option. And we just went, he was like, you can just get um, TJ. And I just, I knew right then I was like, well, I mean, I love baseball and I'm not ready to give it up yet. So I have to get the surgery. So um, scheduled that and I was supposed to get it like September 26th. And then a spot opened up in August and I got to get it August 14th. And that was that was the day I went in after that. I didn't have to do another checkup before that, but that was the day I ended up getting surgery. Yeah. So tell me kind of what was going through your mind about the tear. You know, you, you kind of mentioned you're not ready to give baseball up yet. Tommy John is like the most like taboo subject for, I'd say a pitcher, but also like any baseball player. Cause you know, a guy like, like Pat who had that messed up elbow, Pat Limerick, um, you know what? He'd always talk to me about that. He's always taking Advil, kind of telling me about. It. He's like, "That's why I don't pitch anymore," um, just because of his elbow. You know, it's everyone needs their elbow in baseball. You can't even be a first baseman with a messed up elbow anymore. So, kind of, what was your mindset when you found out you had to get that surgery? Um, my mindset right away was, um, it's going to be a long road, but if I just put everything, everything full force, um, I knew right. I would get back to where I was. And, um, it definitely was a lot on me throughout the whole process. But I just, I mean, I had you guys up at St. Joe's, you guys were always helping me stay positive and trying to keep my head straight. But, um, I just knew that it was going to be a long journey, but it was going to all be worth it. eventually. So, there was um there was like a time when uh you get back to school and you start doing PT and everything um wasn't there I wouldn't say complications but there was was there a setback at all uh yeah I recall um, a setback yeah um it was I just my my arm was getting all really tight I thought something was a lot more wrong with it but um, I just was nervous again. Um, Ryan Brown really helped me mentally with that, but I, I was just having a hard time all, all in my head, honestly. Um, I threw a bullpen and I just, I thought I felt something in my elbow, but, um, it wasn't that, but, um, it was all really just a mindset, um, hold off because I just couldn't get over that last, that last, um, that last jump. And that really, really struggled with me, but um, obviously I've got over that jump, but yeah, that was the setback. So with the, the rehab process, um, obviously I also went to Ryan Brown when I messed up the ligaments of my ankle. So you and I, me, you and Began used to hop in the car, whip down to PT. Um, so that rehab process, you know, what, what are we looking at? Eight months, nine months, right? At least uh, more than uh, that. Tommy, Tommy John, there are people that come back before then. It's like now it's 10 months if you are on a straight path and you do everything with all the timetables. 
Um, but my recovery was um, during COVID. So perfect. My, yeah. But um, my process was like 14, 15 months because I had to start doing PT on my own because I wasn't considered an emergent patient since I didn't have, I wasn't just coming oh, back. Okay. So I wasn't just coming back from surgery because at that point I was like six, seven months out. So I was, I had to do my own thing. Uh, Ryan Brown did send me everything I was supposed to do, but again, it's, I'm not a different. Yeah. So that 14, 15th months for you, let's say for anybody else, 10 months, 12 months, whatever. What is some advice that you would give about some of these guys that just get Tommy John surgery? How are you going to mentally stay, you know, with it because I remember you talking to me about kind of the mental side, which I also want to ask you about because it's not only once you rehab, it, it's all the mental. Um, how do you stay to that routine? Did you have that, those goals in mind and everything? Yeah. I mean, I just, that last summer that I had, I really, I really saw where I was and I really saw what could potentially be my future. So I mean, I just I just thought of that every time I was down. Obviously, there's tougher days than some, and there's a lot of easier days. But um, the first the first like three months until I started actually throwing again, that was all physical pain. Like if I went in there and I couldn't do the routine, Ryan Brown would just scrape my arm and just like put a weight on my elbow to straighten my arm out because it was I was having a really bad day with my elbow. Those those days really stink, but. Um, in the end of the day, now I can look back and say it's all worth it. And but in the moment, you really don't think it's gonna be. Just, just don't give up because it's all it's all gonna be worth it. If you if you got that surgery, you got that surgery for a reason because you want to be able to use your arm again, even if it's not just for baseball. It's it's all gonna be worth it eventually. You just gotta continue to tell yourself that. And whatever your favorite baseball memories are, keep those because. You want those to make you strive every day, like with PT, with just getting better, continuing to wait on what you can do. Um, those are just the things that kept me on a straight path. Back. So when you got back to, uh, you know, throwing again, um, kind of tell me about the, I'm not too familiar with the timeline, um, but I remember they used to allow you to just do, you know, standard tossing, mm -hmm. you know, like 50% or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was the timeline to getting back to 100%? Obviously, you mentioned the PT part, but, you know, what months were you able to start throwing and when were you back to throwing full-time? Um, so I would say January um, of 2020, excuse me, um, January 2020, I started throwing again. Um, literally just lobbing it, not anything on my elbow, just getting just getting the arm loose again, getting used to it. Um I would say month three is when you start to pick it up a little bit. Um, the distance is an increase there. Um, but month, month seven for me was a crazy one because that's when I started to actually like get off a mound. No, no force at all behind it, but start working on my mechanics and getting the feeling of a mound because I haven't been on a mound in, I'd say like nine, 10 months. So I, it was completely different and um, that was tough for me too. But after, once you touch rubber, um, get a step on the mound, I feel like that's really when it's just, 
all on you and how you want to do it. Um, there's a program for you, but if you're not on course, if you're having a bad throwing day, you take that day off and you reset two days later because you're going to have setbacks. Um, that happened to me, I'd say, probably two, three times. And I just would start the next week if I had a setback. Obviously, that's not what you want to do. But um, month, month seven was my toughest. Um, and then after that, you're strong bullpens, slowly pick up the pace. You start playing long toss. Um, all those things start to fit in. And after that, your arm really starts feeling normal again. Uh, it starts feeling like it's actually a part of your whole arm again. Because for a while, it felt like it was just like I could still feel it not fully there. And once I, once I stepped on the mound again, that really made me feel like I had my arm back again. So when you had those first 100% bullpen sessions, what was kind of the mindset? How, how did it feel exactly, you know, when you throw in those first fastballs, those first sliders again? Kind of walk me through that because I've obviously never had yeah. surgery or anything, so – um, I mean, it just felt amazing. Uh, I definitely, I was definitely a little tight, um, but I mean, just being a hundred percent again and being on the mound just felt really good. I tried to stay out of my head. My, my velo wasn't obviously a hundred percent back yet, but, um, I just told myself to enjoy the moment because I finally completed the process of Tommy John and, uh, sliders were terrifying. I was so scared to throw a slider again because it was just like, that flick at the time, which because I wasn't properly throwing a slider either, um, that I was just scared to throw that because I thought that that was going to be taxing on my elbow again and be the thing to tear my UE. But um, yeah, the slider was scary, really scary. <laughs> so uh, you recover everything. Um, obviously, you didn't get a season during that sophomore season, and. You know, I'll just even play devil's advocate. I would say that probably helped you during your recovery. No need to rush back, anything like that. I, I don't think you were going to pitch that season anyway yeah, from the no. sounds of it. But, you know, it, it at least mentally eased your mind. You know, you don't have to sit there and watch yeah. your teammates playing. And, you know, the, the world canceled that for you. I, um, I definitely feel bad for all those guys that they missed their season. But Yeah, um, of course. It, it definitely kept me a little more mentally strong there. Um, so – you had the uh, – we'll get into summer ball in a little bit. Um, tell me about your junior year, uh, first season back, and then uh, how everything went with that. Uh, well, after Tommy John, I came back. Um, I entered the portal. I just I didn't really like where I was at there. I just – I knew I needed a new home, and I had a new elbow, so I thought just completely start new, start fresh. Um that summer I came back, I was really hit or miss. Um, there was days where I was 83, 85, all over the place and had no clue where it was going, or I was 88 to 91, just dotted. Um, and that obviously wasn't good when I was in the portal. So I was really slim. I had, I had some D1s. I had like Towson, uh, UMass Lowell. Um, talked to Dayton a little bit, but um, – I didn't really, I knew right when Snoo um, spoke to me, I, I was really, really um, into the coaching staff here. They were all great guys um, and one of the most successful division two programs. So I, I really thought that staying home, um, being in a um, winning 
a winning organization was going to be uh, beneficial for me. So I came over to here and um, again, they took a shot on me because I was hit or miss. And my coach here, I would say, is the reason of why I'm um, on the baseball field again, because he, he can get into your head if you're not strong. And when I came here, I was not mentally strong because I was like all over the place. There's days I was good, like I said, and there's days I was bad. And he, I had one bad outing in the fall and he could tell I was pissed and he brought me out back and chewed me apart. But it was the best thing for me because I heard and I realized that I'm, there was no point of the surgery if I'm not going to finally get over that last jump mentally. And um, once he said that, I just was like, well, I, I can't, keep worrying about like if my arm is going to tear again, because I already, I already made it to 12 months. I already made it like whatever happens, happens at this point. I was just going to throw every pitch. Like it was my last pitch. And uh, once that became in my head again, I finally became um, the pitcher that I was before Tommy John. And um, I helped um, snoo with an any 10 and we ended up going to regionals, ended up beating um, SoCo and, uh, Wilmington, U Wilmington in uh, Delaware. We ended up beating uh, them too. Smoked them. Smoked all three of them. Um, and then we went to regionals, played Malloy, dropped the first game in Malloy. Um, and then we beat them the next two to go to – that was super regionals. That was to go to the nationals. And we went to Natty's. And um, we, we were a younger team. And really, we just, we just weren't mentally prepared for what they had there um, the year before we went, but it was the same thing. We went two two games, lost both. And um, all the other teams down there, they've been there year in, year out, and they were ready for it, and we just weren't. And um, they got the best of us down there. Angelo State beat us, I want to say it was like 7-4, and um, we were beating Westchester three to one in the bottom of the eighth. And we had two guys on our team, um, absolute studs for us all year. One of them was an All-American. And um, they just didn't have one of their better days. And um, Westchester ended up coming back in the top of the ninth inning, and we ended up losing 5-3, 6-3. That's tough. Yeah. So So – You've enjoyed your your transfer so far. Obviously, yeah. uh, we we've spoken, you know, privately and everything. Um, you know, how was that a difficult decision for you to make? Obviously, leaving your friends, um, but from the program aspect, you're looking at it from the perspective of having a new arm. Uh, was that kind of an made the decision easier? Um, I mean, in that case, like like we talked, obviously, um, but I just really thought. Like I was saying, like new arm, new journey. Um, but obviously, leaving you guys, like the whole friend group, everybody that I met there, that it was I had a connection with. That was the one thing that was holding me back for so long. And I remember the day that I sat you guys down and told you that I didn't think I was coming back here next year. Um, I it obviously really hurt me, and it stuck with me. And obviously, I still miss you guys for sure. But um, I feel like this was the best decision for me and I feel like choosing snow too um, was the best decision for me too because they gave me 
more than one shot in um, my first outing. I did not have a good outing here in the fall. And like I was saying, he gave me that last shot and he just stuck with me and believed in me. And um, he really gave me a lot of opportunities and he got me into the Cape League over the summer too. So I thank him for that. And um, he's been, he's just been a huge, a huge help for me um, since I've transferred here. Well, sorry, what's the coach's name? I don't know if you've mentioned it. Uh, Scott Wazo. Okay. So, um, Coach Wazo. Yeah. But even just, like, the transfer here, like um, I was mentioning at the very beginning, um, the intelligence on the field here is crazy. Um, the jump there, I think, was really the game changer, was um, just how much more the people knew the game playing here. Um, obviously besides like Joey and all them, they were, they knew, they knew what they were doing, but um, just everybody in general, the speed was a lot quicker, not like the stolen bases or anything, but just the tempo of the game. And it really made me uh, lock in on baseball a lot more on the diamond and taught me so much more about the game that I didn't know that I thought I did. So uh, real quick, kind of drawing back on your time in division three, uh, your freshman year, you get to you know win the conference, and you guys went to regionals. Was any of that experience did that carry over to kind of your mindset going into the snoo postseason run that you guys made it all? Um, definitely not. Um, that was its own chapter. Those that was my own team right there. Um, I I was just hoping for something different in when we got past the regionals. I did, I did think about that for sure. Um, when we were going to regionals, cause I was like, ah, I've never been past regionals before. Well, not necessarily like the losing aspect, but just like uh, the, the experience of yeah. going to a regional playing. Oh, okay. season. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I definitely think about it because it's just, you surpassed your conference. You're on top of the world. Um, that just means you're, leveling up you're going to be facing better competition and um yeah no, that's really it. so uh last little thing here before we get into kind of your summer baseball stuff so you kind of talked a little bit about the difference between division three and division two ball um kind of as an outsider um tell me more about the differences that you've noticed you've played a lot of d3 games you're starting to play a lot of d2 games what are the differences kind of as a pitcher and then kind of when you're watching the game? Um, I would say all around the players are better. Um, the studs um, in D3, there's um, there's not going to be someone that I truthfully fear um, a lot. But in D2, if, if you miss a pitch middle more, um, there's going to be a higher risk of something happening to that baseball that you don't want it to. I've given up. I gave up like two home runs last year, three home runs. Um, I just I threw those pitches right down the middle, 2-0. And I was like, oh, well, hopefully I can just get a rollover, a pop fly, they'll swing through it. But um, no, those home runs, doubles in the gap, that's what's going to happen if you leave a pitch down the middle most of the time here. I feel like that's the, the difference. And I feel like by far um, the bats are a lot stronger. You obviously have your your legit guys all through the D3. I played with D3 guys all summer too. But 
Um, the bats are crazy and the arms. Like I was mentioning, my my pitching staff here, uh, we have three Cape guys. Um, all the, all of us throw over ninety, and it's it's a lot more legit baseball on the D two level than the D three. I, I feel. So it sounds like there's kind of less room for error. Essentially, what you're saying, yeah. um, especially as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So real quick, also, uh, we we talked to Poff and Will about this. Uh, kind of tell me about what you know about Juco ball and kind of where they tie into everything. Cause these guys kind of interest me a lot. Yeah. The, those are, those are what you call the Juco bandits. Yeah. That's what um, I've heard about them. Yeah. Um, it's just the Juco level is people that either didn't want to pay for the extra prep or private school or post-grad. That's what it's called. Uh, they don't really want to pay for the post-grad and, they didn't like the offers that they were getting, so they, they went there. Um, it's just like another outlet for baseball so you can get um, more looks. Um, there are, like, Chipola. Um, that's a legit juco. Like, guys go there because they don't want to deal with the high-level educations. and Not not everybody, but, like, you, you focus baseball more on juco than academics. And people go to that school because they get to really – focus in on baseball and that that juco has i think at least two guys drafted from there every year but they they outlet so many power five if you go there you're going to the power five most likely so we're trying to get a juco guy on here do you have any leads um yeah there's um you could text it to me as well yeah adrian saravo he went to a juco i forget what juco he went to um but now he goes to LSU. Oh, do you, you know him? Um, I, I played against him like my whole life. Really. Okay. Um, he's he had TJ too. Ben Malgeri went JUCO. Oh, I didn't Nigeria. know that. Yeah, and uh, Jackson Stanton's friend Todd Tringali, um, he went JUCO because he went to UMass Amherst at first. Didn't want to go there. I remember we tried to get him at St. Joe's. Um, Where? Was, hold on. Where's that? Where's that guy from? Um, he's from Saugus Mass. Okay, never mind. I, 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 uh, I thought I know someone with like a similar name, but it's not. Uh, yeah, but he ended up. Um, he just went to Dayton after he went. He actually went to the Nationals. Oh, good for, for him. Um, he was going to Dayton, and then he just had unfortunately another arm issue. So he's currently um, trying to figure that out right now. And I hope he comes back to baseball. So we're, yeah, we're trying to. You know, I, I think I kind of mentioned this to you, but we were trying to interview every single division. Uh, mm-hmm. We got our D1 with Will. We got our D3. We got you with D3 and D2. But we really want to give these JUCO guys some love because, you know, yes. you know, we watched, like, Last Chance U and stuff. That's football. That it, yeah. JUCO is kind of a grind, man. That's what it yeah. sounds like. So, you know, any JUCO guys yeah, that are listening to this, DM us on Instagram and anything, and yeah. we'll set something up. But so um, we – we kind of developed a, an interesting relationship here with uh, the Silver Knights. Now, um, we both acknowledge who you know. Silver Knights know who we are. Uh, we obviously know who they are. I wouldn't say relationship, but you know, it's getting there. We're we're in the talking stages. I'd say. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know a bunch of people that have played for the Silver Knights, so it's it's awesome that you know they reposted Will's TikTok. They posted it on their Twitter, and that got a bunch of a bunch of uh, heat to it. So. 
I think we're going to try to work something, doing something with them this summer. We're going to try to reach out to them and, yeah, you know, they, figure it out. Uh, they, they have that through um, TikTok. They're always doing like interview stuff, but yeah. they never really, they never really took like, they did, a, they actually started a podcast um, this past summer. Oh, but, really? Yeah. But I don't know. Obviously, it was just like during the season thing. Um, I mean, you guys, you've been starting this for a good amount of time now. I feel like if you guys took it to the next level. Yeah, about like seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been talking about it for a while. And you guys That's are all on So, like, I really feel like that would be better. <laughs> so. I, I just know I'm going to get shamed for saying that um, if Nashville reposts this. because So, they uh, – uh, they they're an awesome organization from through and through from what I've heard. Um, you know, we really want to do some stuff with them this summer, going down to the ballpark, film some content, whatever. Uh, tell me about your experience, and obviously, you got to touch on that that mic'd up TikTok. I mean, that is like, t- I actually top five funniest videos I've ever seen. Like the mom, give me give me a Gatorade. That's my Nashville. Uh, oh yeah yeah no i mean you got you got nashua all over your instagram and stuff so uh no i love nashua um they've been a huge resource for me as well in the whole baseball they had my back through tommy john as well um i remember everybody in new hampshire loves playing there Uh, my last loss in high school was at home so it was a stink uh but having that stadium as a home field is ridiculous that's one of the nicest fields I've I've played at, and they take such good care of it over the summer. Um, the GM Cam Cook, um, Katie, I believe, just left, but um, she's amazing as well. Um, they just take really good care of the Nashville Silver Knights and make sure that the baseball players love it. And they know that some people have to travel um, and stay at host family houses all summer, and that sucks for them. And they make it really feel like family as much as they can. Um, but some of my some of my favorite memories and some of my best friends like are from Nashville. And um, this past summer, um, those those are my boys. Uh, we hoisted that trophy. And uh, how's your beef clam? How's your beef clam? That's our, that was our inside joke. <laughs> so. Uh... Will told me that you were he he literally said this word for word. He said, "Yeah, George went to the Cape League, came back and was an absolute dog for us in the playoffs." How uh tell me about that a little bit. Obviously, you guys hoisted the trophy and everything. Yeah. Um I mean, I only I was on a pitching limit, so when I came back, I actually got an at bat um before How'd I that go? I punched out. <laughs> I punched out. Yeah, I gave me a reality check for sure. Was it three up, three down? No, I took it. I had actually a dude threw me a slider, knowing that I'm going up there with two elbow guards, um, two shin shin guards. I mean, I had a C flat. You knew I was a PO coming up. That's and awesome. He continued. He threw me two breakers. Um, I took one of them, and he just painted the corners on me. I couldn't do it. Um, but besides that fact, uh, no, I. I really found myself this past summer too. Um, as the season went on for snoo, that's when I got stronger and it just out uh, relayed into the summer. Um, I think I went 21 innings or 20 innings without giving up an earned run. And my last, my last inning I threw 
for Nash won game one of the championship, I gave up my first round. Um, you had a sick. you went on a heater one of the summers, right? Was it? That was my freshman summer, but this past this past summer was my best summer. Okay, um, I think I've ever played baseball. So, um, you got that experience down in the Cape League. Um, I mean, the Cape League is almost like a it's like a myth, like the way people talk about the Cape League. Tell me about that. I mean, um, obviously, like a dream come true. My first first day there, they just threw they threw me into a game. Um, it was actually three three too, so I was stressing. And um, the first three guys I faced were UNC, BC, and Wake Forest. So um, there was no time for me to fool around because obviously you look these guys up before the game because I'm I I don't play these guys and I'm like you know what let's see where these kids go to college let's see what's going on and you look them up and. They're all Americans. Uh, my team, I had Alex Freeland. He was our starting shortstop. He got drafted in the, I want to say, second or third round by the Dodgers. Um, but just the competition level is absurd. Um, you can throw your best pitch and they can, like, they'll still make contact with it. Like, the result you'd wish it was is, like, oh, my God, I just threw a nasty slider. That should be a strikeout, but no, you have to be happy with the ground out or an absolute liner at the shortstop that he catches it. You're happy about that because you didn't give up a hit. I gave up the furthest home run of my life in Brewster this summer. Um, do you have a I, Do you have a distance prediction? My dude, I it was um, Brock Bowers from Stanford. He absolutely blasted this baseball. I, I was down the count. I threw it. Our fence in center field is like 375. Uh, it was like left center, 375. I would say this ball was – it went over the trees, and the trees were past. Like, I'd say 30, 30 feet past. So I would say this ball was probably like 445, 450. Do you have a video of this? I can try. Could you get me – I, I think I need that. I just want to uh, see. Gonna, it. I'll find it for sure. It's definitely out there. You know, um, you know, I'm your biggest supporter, but I just got to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find it for you for sure. Um, yeah, no, it was a bomb. Like, no chance of coming back. Had no chance of staying in the yard. Every person at that field knew that. Like, I was instantly. I put my head down, started walking towards the catcher, asking for a new baseball. Like, it was, it was kill. <laughs> so. Um, what you laugh about? Yeah, like, no, definitely. You got to have a good sense of humor yeah. about it. Um, so, kind of, what's the what's the difference between that futures league? Obviously, you won the championship, and then kind of going down to the Cape League. Like, what was obviously the skill, but you know how how are the organizations? You know, there are more there are a lot more fans at the games. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, um, Vermont, the championship game. Uh, for game three in the Futures League, you probably had the most fans I've ever played in front of in my life. But um, Cape is just like, it felt like a lot more laid back. And it was really, um, throughout, throughout like most of the season, it's like you're really there to showcase yourself. Um, obviously, you're there to win a ring too. But um, you're there in front of, I was playing in front of like 30 scouts every game until uh, pre-draft. And it was... Everybody's just trying to 
do their best every single game. Like um, that was really the difference maker there. I felt like summer ball in the futures league was um, a lot more bonded. I feel like that could also be because I came, I went to Brewster uh, like six weeks into the summer, seven weeks into the summer. Um, but Nashville, I felt like it was uh, a lot more together overall with the team. Brewster, you, you're there, you make all your good friends and stuff, but um, it was really a lot of you got to be there and you're trying to get drafted. Like that's what you're, that's what everyone down there is doing. That's what everyone wants to be doing. Um, we played in Fenway as well. Um, I think that was my second day down there too. And that was just a huge oh, showcase. Wow. It was a huge showcase. Um, nothing for pitchers actually, but uh, everybody did like 40 times, 60 times. And then you just watched the Cape guys hit BP. And that I will say is a complete difference from the futures league to the Cape. There was guys, there was a kid on my team, um, Alex Freeland, switch hitter. He was hitting out um, baseballs both sides of the field at Fenway. Um, Carson DiMartini was hitting baseballs out. You just saw so many more baseballs getting launched. It was BP, BP at Fenway. It was really cool. That's that's an awesome experience. Um, So uh, you you got, what did you say, six or seven weeks down there, um, you know, how did, how did you feel you did um, in front of the scouts and everything and all the pressure? Um, when I first went down there, um, my arm felt really good. Um, I think my final stats were like, I think I had seven and two thirds, eight Ks. I think I had a three RA, which um, obviously I'm not really excited about a three RA, but that's not bad. And, As a reliever, that's pretty good. Yeah. And being in the Cape, um, I felt like I was – Obviously, I was a D2 guy. It didn't really seem like I fit in, but I felt like I was really happy with how I did down there. My arm did get tired towards the end, um, and my v, my VLO started dropping. I was getting hit a lot more, but, I mean, like we were just saying, you, if you're going to throw a fastball down the middle to a guy that's starting in the College World Series, it's it's going to get deposited. And um, that really – that home run – humbled me but like I was saying all I could do was laugh I was crushed and that really gave me a great experience down there and um, I felt like that gave me a lot more um, appreciation as well for the game but it also gave me a lot more looks to people um, for my future for baseball so uh, if you don't have anything currently or you don't want to reveal it you don't have to uh, do you have a do you have a move for this summer um, I mean, I was supposed to be going down to Brewster again. Um, we'll see. Um, but obviously, I love Nashville as well. So I'll probably, if I, depending on how many innings I throw, um, for Snoo this year, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's raging at sports breaking news. We, uh, we got Will's commitment. He's playing out in, uh, uh, uh what was it? It's like in Wisconsin. Um, Kenosha. Is it the Appalachian League? I don't know. Yeah, he's playing for Kenosha. Pretty good league. Um, yeah, we got that report. So now we got a uh, we got your report, Brewster. Yeah. But but uh, it's not it's not, it's not, it's not, con- not it's confirmed. Not, yeah. not confirmed yet. Um, like it all depends on how many innings I throw and what they really told me was like I gotta have a good season uh, because 
there's a lot more guys that could be in there. Yeah, it's the Cape League. Um, yeah, I just got an opportunity last year. So if I have the stats to prove it, then um, I'll be back. Well, if you're if, wherever you end up, if you're in Nashua, man, we're, we'll we'll be down there. So yeah. Uh, so summer baseball. I mean, if you want to just uh, wrap up on the summer baseball thing, uh, you know, you you had all that awesome content, and Will even said they do such a great job at, in Nashua, and even I mentioned during the Will interview, I'm like, dude, Welch must have been a rock star uh, during those <laughs> times with all the kids asking for autographs and stuff, just. You know, how much did that mean to you and the family at Nashua and everything like that? Um, the, the family bond that you have without all the fans, um, all the kids, it really makes you feel like a big leaguer. Um, I've never been asked for so many autographs in my life until I started playing for Nashua. Um, people admire when it's like firework night and they get to get baseball cards from all the, all the guys signed. And, like, that makes them feel good, but that also, like, really makes, like, us as players feel awesome because we're getting acknowledged. Um, and the, the fans there were absolutely electric. Mad Dog, I love him. I'll send you a video of him, too. Um, he's he's always barking, always trying to rowdy the crowds up, always trying to get under the other team. Uh, but I would say I really realized how amazing Nashville was as a whole family and team was when we started going on that playoff run and nobody wanted us to win besides our fans and they rode with us rode with us the whole time um, and when we were when we scored we, it was one nothing it was zero zero for six innings and our catcher hit a home run and the place erupted and I've never like really heard it like that. And then we scored, it was 1-0 still going into the bottom of the eighth. And they brought in this kid and we did not like him. Um, just like, obviously every team's got their own beef. Um, I probably wasn't really a fan over the summer either. When you're closing games, you're, you're going to talk your, your crap. Um, but I mean, that was their role. What, what uh, I was for a closer, that was their closer. And you would talk crap. And seeing him give up those two runs, the crowd just imploded. And it was so loud. And we played game one in Vermont for the championship. We got smoked. We were down 4 nothing at home against Vermont. And we got word from our GM that um, the Vermont owner asked for champagne up or ice for the champagne up in their suite. And that, like, really – it didn't do it. I couldn't do anything about it because I couldn't play anymore. My arm, I was officially shut down. I couldn't throw. But it like really like you. It just gave us that sour taste, and we just all like find, we gave everything we had because this summer the bond that all of us like grew together. It was just we knew that it was the last time this whole team was going to be able to play together, and we ended up coming back against Vermont in the last inning. And uh, we had a walk-off. Jack McDermott, a D3 kid. Bomb dog, by the way. And um, uh, after that, we went back down to their place, and it was just a back-and-forth game, back-and-forth game. Um, Noah Walker, bullpen guy for us all summer. His brother Jonah, uh, who goes to Tulane, was like him and Aiden Cabral from Northeastern. Those were our aces. And we needed that last arm because Liam Doyle was on our team, and 
um, Coastal didn't want him throwing anymore since he was an incoming freshman he threw a lot in high school. And Noah, Noah went out and threw like six and two thirds of insane pitching against Vermont. Vermont was the best offensive team in the league. And he shoved and it was back and forth, back and forth. And we took the lead by one. They had bases loaded. This kid put up like a 15 pitch AB, just fouling everything off, fouling everything off. Hits a ground ball in between our short and third brings in two runs. Um, Vermont was so loud. That's like I was saying, that was the loudest peak crowd I've ever played in front of. It was so loud, like crazy. So then it was, I want to say, five four or four three in the last inning. And our first guy gets out. That Jack McDermott kid, um, I believe he hit a double down the line. So guy just guy at second base, one out. And Kyle Wolf, incoming freshman going to BC, first pitch, like it was a first pitch slider, and he had that ball like 394, just crushed it. And that was the greatest game I've ever played in in my life. It was just like tables turning, tables turning. And then you finally hit that home run. And we thought like, oh, my God, we just won it. But then Vermont came back. And um, it was bases loaded, one out with Will Andrews, who was a dog for us. He threw so many innings. Um, it was always uh, me and him in like the seventh, eighth, ninth. Like it was me, Will Andrews, and he, he ended up bearing down and getting it. But it was it was scary. But even like to go with it, the fans travel all the way down to Vermont to That's cheer us. Insane. On. They came all the way down to cheer us on, and they came. But it was. They had our backs, and they were trying to outpower that crowd, even though they had no chance to, because it meant more to them than just watching us. And that really like made us feel good. Um, Adrian, who's a super fan, she always is coming up to me asking for photos. We just like always talk. She's actually really close with my mom now. Um, just connections that my family, not even just me, like my mom, my dad, uh, my brother, made there. Um, that's what really makes me love and enjoy um, national as a whole as well, besides baseball. That's that's so awesome to hear. And, you know, I'm really glad that we've had you, Will, and Poff all kind of share similar experiences. And, you know, it's an awesome organization because, you know, I, you want to hear great stuff about your state. Yeah. And, and it's just awesome. You know, it's an awesome league that I hear about. And, you know, that's, that's really great. Uh, honestly, uh, props to them for running a really good organization. You know, summer baseball is really important, uh, yeah. for you guys, but it's also really important for the community. And it seems like they're really great servants of the community. They bring yeah. together, you know, a great fan base and everything. So, you know, we're really hoping that we can, um, we can work with them this summer. If they're listening to this, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out cause you know, we're going to make a couple TikToks about some of the Nashua yeah. stuff. And I'll see Cam, Cam, Cam Cup better do his thing. You better <laughs> do it. Me and you, we go we go all the way back. Even when you were – you were just started being the, the low-pole guy and then went all the way up to the GM. Please, get him on there. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's – you know, we're really hoping that uh, – 
you can get back to Nashua, but obviously, you know, Cape League's awesome. You know, whatever. Just like I said when you were talking about transferring, you know, whatever's gonna push your career in the right way, mm-hmm. and you're you're obviously smart enough to figure that out by now. Freshman mm-hmm. year, maybe not, but <laughs> now you make you make some good decisions. Yeah, no. Um, freshman year, me, best year of my life, probably. <laughs> Pop said the same thing, and I also yeah. I also best, agree. <laughs> best year of my life, but um, that that freshman year will stay there um, with all those memories. That's awesome. That's not getting me anyway. So, uh. You know, I want to talk about your uh, your training, and uh, you know, we can get into that transformation. Um, you made an insane, one of the biggest gym transformations I've ever seen. Honestly, um, you know, you, I wouldn't even say that you were, you know, in in trouble or overweight or anything, but you were a big body. Um, I was, I was very. Big. You know, you weren't, you weren't looking like a. You were starting to make that transition from, you know, defensive end to D tackle if it kept going <laughs> in the right direction. No offense, no offense. Yeah, no um, Tell me about that gym transformation because obviously you did that also with after Tommy John. So what made you decide to do that and kind of what was your motivation there? Um, like, like we were talking about, um, Tommy John was really like, mentally tough for me. I couldn't really, the first couple months, you can't work out. Um, you can't do anything with your arms because I wasn't going to just do my right arm and then my left arm just stays the same. So then they're just looking completely different from each other. Um, so, I mean, I was just really down on myself, um, just got depressed. And then I like really, I came, I think I came home for like Easter and my mom would always like, it was just one little thing. She was always like, oh, like, you like, you're looking good, like, keep it up. But like, she didn't say that. And I knew at the, t- actually, no, it wasn't Easter, it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. And I knew at the time, I was like, hold on, I just totally forgot about my whole recovery process for TJ. Like, yeah, I was doing it with my physical therapist, but I was doing absolutely nothing for myself outside of physical therapy for my recovery. And uh, it all really started during Christmas time. Um, everything I asked for for Christmas was like gym stuff. So I had to like, I had to like it and start going to the gym to use all the pre-workout I got, um, all the uh, BCAA, um, all the clothes, all the gym shark I got. I made that like a thing. So I was like, well, this Christmas is going to have to like get me to get in the gym and I remember I I started I started dieting before I started hitting the gym seriously, and I could already see a little bit of a difference, like nothing crazy, but I could see a difference. And when I stepped on the scale, there I saw a difference too. But um, no, once I started getting to the gym and I started getting like compliments from like even random people in the gym that you just see there every night at 10 p.m. Uh, they're just like, oh, like you've been like working hard and stuff like that. All that stuff when you're trying to transform yourself is really huge. And uh, just hearing all that stuff really helped me. Uh, but once I started seeing a serious transformation, I started meal prepping, um, not watching what I eat, because then I would I became to the point where I could bulk again because I lost so much weight where I actually needed to gain a little bit back. 
And when you could start to bulk and cut, um, that's really when I started um, recognizing what I've done. And I feel like um, just the gym has been another reason why for baseball I've been so successful the past year. But that transformation itself, um, no, it's just I hit that one peak point and every day I couldn't go throughout my day unless I went to the gym. Um, that definitely put a lot on my body, but at the moment that's really what I needed. So I was going seven days a week, um, sauning every day. And, um, but I became too skinny for baseball at one point. Like I had my, my below is down. Like I was saying, I was like 83, 85. So, um, I started putting on more weight again and, uh, Jamie Collins started doing, uh, like lifting strength and conditioning my last year at St. Joe's, but I never really got to experience it. Uh, but once I came here, the lifting and stuff, they, they really focused us in on like, legs and upper and like how to do it and what's good for a pitcher, not just like a team itself. So pitchers and position players have our own lifts and it's mm, the day after you throw is upper body. So it flushes your whole arm out and stuff, then legs, and then um, just a whole body. And I feel like here I've really dialed in on just like all my whole body training. My, like you have your agility days, you have their heavy days. Um, I've really got a lot more understanding on not just lifting, but what you have to do to be mobile still and all these things. And here I am right now. Um, Happy to be where I am. So yeah, I mean, it, you look fantastic. Um, the uh, it sounds like they kind of really growing you to be athletes, which is awesome because a lot of times baseball players aren't associated with the most athletic guys. You know, even though it's it's crazy to think about when you have guys mm-hmm. like you know that could hit thirty home runs and steal thirty bases. I think that's that's pretty that's yeah. an athletic feat. Um, so overall from your personal training and then also what you're getting at school, what have you preferred so far? What was that? So your, your personal training and then what you have at school, what do you prefer? Um, definitely. I enjoy my lifts more, but, um, our school lifts are a lot more beneficial. Like we do, I don't, I don't like doing split squats at all, but that's, something you do as pitchers here and it definitely works the legs a lot more. And I didn't really ever split squat on my own. I, I would occasionally, but not as much as we do here. But um, if, if I was doing my own leg days, I was just squatting or deadlifting. And here we just work so many different parts of the leg and all the muscles. And um, we're just more locked in on everything here, not just looking good. It's you're getting a lot stronger. And I feel like I was just my lifts was to look good and to just like I don't know like I, it wasn't more of the strength part. And I feel like here it's to better you for your sport. So we uh, you kind of touched on um, kind of your coach at SNU and how much he's meant to you. Uh, what other who's kind of been the most influential in your life? I know you're really close with your mom and your dad. Um, as far as even baseball goes, but obviously outside of that, who's kind of what have been some of the biggest influential factors in your career and obviously like your Tommy John and everything? Um, 
to start, I would say Ryan Brown. Um, he just helped me come back and continue to play baseball again. So without him, I wouldn't be able to play baseball. Um, he, I really connected with him up there too, since I was in Maine and I couldn't come home every day and see my parents. So when something was wrong, I would talk to Ryan about it. But um, I would say my high school coach too, um, Coach Campo. Me and him didn't really get along for the first two years I was at Pinkerton, but um, after my senior year, me and him really connected. I still do camps with him for summer ball for Pinkerton. Um, he just really like always has my back, um, always looking out for me and doing anything he can for me. Like when I was in the portal, he was reaching out to anybody he could for me, and I really appreciated that. But um, I would say Ryan Brown, Coach Campo, and I mean, all the guys here, um, all the guys here have just wished upon the best for me. Um, obviously, you guys too. You guys have done a lot for me as well. But um, just, I would say probably, probably my um, my Coach Barisi or Coach Auburn that came in too. Uh, coach Barisi was my pitching coach here, and he came in this past fall when I did. Um, in 2022. So we were in it together and me and him really connected and went through it together. He ended up leaving to go to UMass Lowell to assistant coach there. So I only got a semester with him, but um, I continue to talk to him a lot now too. But um, Coach Aubin, who came in, I have a really close relationship with. And um, he's not a role model. He's more of like an older brother because he's only 25. Oh, so, did you say Aubin? Yeah, Casey Aubin. Yeah, he's from Oyster River. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I remember watching him when he was at Oyster River. That's really yeah. cool. He was a phenomenal pitcher. Yeah, he actually pitched uh, at Will School UMass Amherst, but he came in here last year. And when he came in, it was we had a month till our first game. Um, our school had a problem with COVID, so we came back a little later, and we had a month to get ready. He just came in. We already knew our, our roles for the season, so he was kind of like quiet. But this year, me and him have got like really close and. Not a role model, but he, he's like an older brother to me. That's awesome. A um, kind of when you were, you know, growing up and even now, uh, who have been some of your influences professionally? Kind of what do you, who do you model your game after? Who's people that you've always watched with mechanics and everything? Um, honestly, I didn't really look into any mechanics until this past like two years. I have like, really similar mechanics to Shane McClanahan on um, the Tampa Bay Rays. I do this like lunging thing when I throw out he's a lefty as well. Um, he's, he had a really good season. Yeah, very good. Uh, he did have a problem, but I mean, he battled through it. But I would say, I mean, Randy Johnson. I didn't really get to watch him much, but I mean, as a lefty, that's who you look up to. That, that was your guy. Everybody wants to be him. Um, that's who I wanted to represent my game as, but I mean, I didn't just pitch until college. So, I mean, as a hitter, David Ortiz, even though I was a, I was a righty, David Ortiz is the hometown hero. He's the guy that everyone looks up to in Boston. Um, that's who I wanted to be as a hitter. But I chose the pitching route probably best for me. I think it's worked out just fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit, a little bit. Um, so, if obviously it would be nice – you know, I, I, I had to preface Will with this question. Had to be nice with, uh, you know, just playing in the league, you know what I mean? But if you had a contract offer 
from all 30 MLB teams. Where are you going? Um, definitely. I mean, I really want to play at Fenway Park. That's the that's the place. But um, if I was to subtract them from everything, I would probably say, I mean, who doesn't want to play for LA? Who doesn't want to play Dodgers? For LA? Yeah. I mean, PNC Park. That'd be sick to play for. I'm a Pirates fan too. But, um, I mean, Dodgers, everything over there is a scenery. Would you say the Mets – do you think the Mets make the top five? Yeah. No, they do. For sure. I'd rather be – I would not go to New York Yankees. Absolutely not. Did you you know that Will, when I asked that question, he goes, I'm going to – he's like, I'm going to get crucified for this. But as a lefty – or, yeah, he said as a lefty, the New York Yankees. Yes, and that makes a lot of sense because yeah. um, you heard all the algorithms and the uh, playoffs how Aaron Boone was mad that Aaron Judge's ball should have got out. Well, that's because they play at the smallest park in the stadium. So, um, I mean, obviously I understand world aspect on that, but I would never play. If that's the only team that's that would have given me the opportunity, yeah, but I would – Rather you have to shave that. your head. I could not do that. <laughs> my personality lies within my hair. <laughs> it always has, man. Yes. Uh, so kind of from from where you're where you're at, you know, practicing. Your season starts up tomorrow. Um, what are what are we what are we expecting here? Um, we actually have a board right over here. Um, it's chasing fifty two. Last year we finished with. Um, I think it was 40, 48 wins. Um, we had a really good year, but we also lost a lot of games that um, we shouldn't have lost, or we shouldn't have. We should have won those games. But um, this year, we just feel like everybody. We did lose a lot of key players, but we found people in the portal. Um, a couple of JUCO guys, actually. But um, we got another arm back. Where we feel like this is this is really our year. Um, we're deep in the pitching staff. We're deep with all of our bats. Like we have, we can roll out two different lineups, and we would, I could say, we would win the any times. Um, but I feel really strong about ourselves. This is going to be our toughest opponent all season until hopefully we go back to the Nationals. Um, but it's going to be usually you're like, okay, preseason, preseason. But no, we got to be ready right off rip. Um, I feel like our whole team as a whole has been practicing our asses off and we've been, we're ready for this trip and uh, it's going to be cold. We're packed and ready for the, for the better. I got my shiesty mask. Oh, that's awesome. But um, no, we're ready. We're, we really think this is our year to do something special and win that last game of the year. So as we've kind of mentioned to kind of give back to our baseball fans a little bit, uh, we have really, uh, wanted to do this not this episode but next episode or not this coming episode Saturday but next Saturday we're going to preview all three divisions for baseball probably going to get D3 horribly wrong D2 I'm going to back Snoo you got me convinced um, are you rocking with that prediction I am rocking with that pick um, obviously you got your U Tampa's uh, Colorado Mesa who we're going to go face 
North Greenville is a powerhouse. They just won the last national championship. You got those teams, but um, this team is where I feel like we're already strong together. And as the season goes on, I just feel like we're going to get stronger. And um, obviously it's, it's early. We haven't even played our first game yet, but I, I think that our chances are, are looking good this year. I think that we have everything that we need and I feel like we're ready for war and you can bring on whoever we want and we're going to be ready for that. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm all on board. Uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to everybody. Everybody always clip, clip this because it's either, it's either going to make me look foolish or good, but everybody always doubts on those new England teams. Like everybody's always doubting on us, but, um, this year it don't matter that we practice on a field hockey turf field all fall because our field wasn't ready. We had no field to play on. We've been playing on turf. We've been playing in the small gym. We're going to be, you guys are underestimating us with underdogs. That's fine. But I'm re- I think this is the year, this is our year and don't, don't take us for granted. This well, year. I'm, I'm all, I'm all on board, man. I I'm going to do my best to get uh, some of the guys to, to hop on no promises uh we've yeah. we've seen some pretty brutal baseball takes on the uh on the show um i'm hoping that uh this isn't one of them i don't think it will be i think you guys are gonna have a good season yeah, i think we are too um hot take get chris sale out of boston whoa yep you think so i think so he's he's done nothing for so us hurt. so always hurt I'm upset about Evaldi leaving. Um, yeah, they Sandy lost Alcantara. a lot. Sandy Alcantara is going to win another side, uh, but he needs to leave Miami. He, he'll, go, he'll end up in New York after next season. Probably. Or LA. So, the, uh, the, I, I was reading something that the, the Red Sox had like 16 guys like new this season on their 40-man. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that outfielder we just got from, uh, was it Japan? Yeah. Uh, he's he hits I mean, the he's, ball. Yeah, he's supposed to be a real deal. Um, so hopefully he can pan out for us. But losing Xander really hurts. But I'm glad we we signed Devers for for some time because he's our future. So we'll. Uh, I want to wrap this up with one last question. If you could share a story that you feel comfortable with sharing, um, kind of about your your experience here at SNU with the baseball team, whether it's a dugout, uh, you know, an off the field thing, just any kind of funny story. This is, this is your, uh, this is your chance to be a comedian. Hold on. I'm trying to show you something. Uh, I can't do it, but I, uh, after super regionals, um, I made a bet with the team, uh, halfway through the season and, it was re-mentioned going to Super Regionals. I actually forgot about it, but um, I had to get a tattoo if we won Super Regionals. So I got a tattoo on my leg, and our our nickname was like the Pen Kids. That's that's what we're called. We're called the Pen Kids, and I I got it right on my thigh. You gotta you gotta send me a picture of that. I will. I will. Uh, but that's that's definitely that's a great memory. Uh, probably the best memory I could share on here, but <laughs> we got, a uh, we got the, um, we got Poff's side of the, cause Poff's not in college anymore. So yeah. we got Poff's, uh, perspective of the, uh, the after party freshman year. The what? The after party freshman year. 
Oh my god. Yeah. So that was that was funny. Well, wait. Uh, when when you is this your last year? I got one more year. You got one more. Yeah. Yeah, you're a college veteran, man. <laughs> I think I have unlimited eligibility, bro. That's hilarious. Um, my COVID year and my TJ year. So, yeah. So you got uh, two. I, yeah. So when you uh, when you're graduated, and you know whatever you're doing then we'll get the uh we want the full tell all might just have a full you know it'll yeah. be like a five hour episode i gotta oh, hear oh my gosh that'll be like a note podcast or something like that what'd you say that'd be like a note podcast <laughs> oh my god yeah um on steroids absolutely <laughs> so uh you guys are starting your season off tomorrow um from there i mean is it is it going to be pretty consistent as far as the schedule goes? Yeah. Um, this year we have no midseason games, so it's just um, – we do we do a lot of traveling um, at the very beginning of the season, but once it hits any 10s, it's really just – it's just weekends. Uh, we'll be leaving for Myrtle next Wednesday, Pennsylvania next Thursday, or the following Thursday after that. But um, a lot of traveling now. During the week, we'll be missing a couple of classes. Um, but once any time starts, like I said, it's just weekend-based, and um, that's really it. Stays the same after that. Once classes end, too, it's just baseball, baseball on the weekend. That's it. Nice, nice. So um, we'll wrap this up real quick, but, of course, we got to uh, got to share this real quick. This interview was brought to you by Anchor FM anchor.fm start your own podcast easiest platform in the world to use we say it every single episode george you want to start your own podcast man anchor.fm uh you go right into the browser you can record from there or you could do what we do we uh, record our audio separately upload it directly to the platform to spotify apple music all the major streaming platforms that is anchor.fm uh george it's been a pleasure, man. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. It was of course. A blast. No, it's it's awesome, dude. And uh, you know, I'm I'm back in the pen, man. The pen kids. That's uh, yeah, I'll be uh, yeah. I'll have to pop out to to a game where uh, you know, where I'm able to share this kind of on the podcast. It's pretty uh, it's pretty known. We've mentioned it before, but we're gonna work out some in person content. Uh, mm-hmm. my first plan is UMass Amherst. I need to get down there. I'm uh, going to try to, you know, see what strings I could pull, see what kind of tours I can get. Uh, would love to come check out Snoo, obviously. It's it's yeah. 40 minutes from me. So. Yeah, that would be a blast. You could stay here for a weekend. Too. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll definitely be down to a game uh, and we'll, we'll work something out. But uh, any any last words? What do you got to say? 60 seconds. Uh, no, just thank you again for having me on here. Um, believe in the pen kids this year. That's one more thing. And um, shout out all the boys from St. Joe's. I miss all you guys. And uh, I am, I ain't forget about you boys. You guys are still always there in my heart. I got all the memories to back it up. Uh, all those sweet nights. Those are sick. But um, yeah, I know. I think, I think snoo is the, the best decision for my sport. But I do. I think you made a great decision. Thank you. I do miss all you boys. Uh, We miss you as well. Trust me. Want to plug your Instagram? 
My Instagram? Yeah, plug oh. plug it. Oh, uh, George dot Welch with I believe it's an extra H. Wait, I I forgot to ask you this in the beginning. What is that uh Lele thing? Lili. Lili. That's what everyone here calls it. That's my nickname. That's funny. I like that. It's just like no background text from me. It was just given to me one night, and it's just, it's just been stuck with. You've evolved from the G to uh. Yeah. You were the you could have imagine if we used to call you the top G. Do you know how funny that would have been? <laughs> like way back. That was never, that was never on the Never list. brought up. <laughs> and it was everything almost except that. Except for that. We used to, so guys, we used to call just George G, but it would be whatever was going on. You know, Sweaty G was a very common one. This kid was always sweating. Uh, you know, there's some other ones that we won't mention. But, uh, yeah. you know, Top G, like why didn't we think of that? That could have been you. I wasn't that guy then. I wasn't that, that was, guy. Yeah. I was just, I was just that that kid that just, just wasn't mature yet, but lived his best life to see. Oh, absolutely. We we all we all became men that year. Yes. Yes. Well, George, again, appreciate having having you on. Uh, if you if you got this far into the podcast, follow us on Instagram, TikTok at Raging at Sports. Um. Best of luck. We'll be following your season very closely, man. And uh, keep that arm healthy and shove. That's all you got to do is shove. Appreciate that. Be, uh, be throwing a few more years for uh, the podcast this year. Awesome. I love that. Uh, all right. Well, we got a new episode coming this Saturday. But until then, guys, we will see you all later. Peace out.